what I would like to talk about today is the Torah reading and the Haft Torah, where you had Nadab and Avihu killed as they went into the tabernacle, and where you had Uzzah killed as he was handling the ark. We've sort of read everything in the Torah portion, and you're all familiar with that. You may not remember what the backstory is on the ark with Uzzah. So let me briefly refresh you for those of you who haven't read the book of Samuel recently. The high priest of Israel was a guy named Eli. And Eli had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and he didn't discipline his sons. So his sons sort of were running wild, and they were corrupt, even though they were priests. And the Philistines were on the coastal plain, and of course the Israelites were on the central ridge. And the Philistines came to a place called Apic, and there was a battle there. And Hopni and Phinehas, Eli's sons, took the ark of God down to the battle so that it would be there and the Israelites would prevail. In other words, we're going to take the ark of God for this battle and God will be with us and so forth. Uh, didn't work out that way. What happened was Hopni and Phinehas were both killed and the ark was taken by the Philistines. So the Philistines had the ark and they put it in the temple of their god Dagon and came in the next day and Dagon was laying on his face tried it again and Dagon had his arms and his legs broken off so they were starting to get the idea that maybe they didn't want to have this thing around the next thing that happened is they were struck with hemorrhoids it says tumors in your bible but they were hemorrhoids so finally the Philistines said we really need to get rid of this thing. So they got one of their priests, Philistine priest, now not a God priest. How do we get rid of this thing? How do we get it back to the Israelites? So the priest says, well, what you do is you get a new cart and you hook up two milk cows to it. And you sort of send them out. And if the milk cows take the cart up to the Israelites, everything will be fine. If they go off in some other direction, not so good. So they do that and the milk cows went just exactly where they were supposed to go and the ark wound up at Beth Shemesh. In Beth Shemesh we had some Israelites who opened the ark and looked inside. Big mistake. Seventy of them were killed. So they moved the ark to Kirith Jerem into the house of Abinadab and Abinadab then prospered for quite some time. So that's the backstory of how the ark got where it was. And then, of course, David wants to bring the ark from the house of Abinadab into Jerusalem. So that's the story that we're reading in today's reading. So put the ark on a brand new cart and start heading to Jerusalem. And Uzzah, who's I'm assuming they're driving the cart or walking along beside it. They go across a threshing floor. Ding, 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 ding. And as they go across the threshing floor, the ox stumbles by coincidence, right? We all know coincidence is not a kosher word. So Uzzah reaches out his hand to steady the ark, and he gets zapped. Now, understand Uzzah is doing what he is told. Uzzah is not the guy that said, all right, I'm going to go get the ark. David did that. 
So the fact that Uzzah is killed is a message to David. In the Torah portion, we have Nadab and Abihu, who are priests, two older sons of Aaron. Nadab and Abihu know what they're supposed to be doing. They have been instructed. Furthermore, Nadab and Abihu were among the group that went up to the mountain and ate a covenant meal in the presence of God. So Nadab and Abihu have no excuse whatsoever. Both Nadab, Abihu, and Uzzah essentially had pure motives. They thought they were doing something that would be pleasing to God in all cases. Didn't work out that way. And that's the point of this whole lesson. Your motives, if you are doing the right thing, don't matter to God. Because Adab and Abihu were, wow, presence of God has come in. Let's go worship him. Let's go bring incense before him. Let's go honor God. Zap. Same thing with Uzzah. He's doing what David told him and, by the way, what he thinks God wants. He wants the ark brought into Jerusalem, which is where it winds up. He's doing the right thing. His motives are pure. In his mind, he's not sinning. Oh, my goodness, the ark. Don't want it to fall off the cart here. Zap. Now, a couple of interesting thoughts as you're going through it. Three guys have been taken out by this ark. But notice that we didn't lose any Philistines. So when the Philistines captured the ark and carted it around and put it in their temple and all that kind of thing, we don't have any record of any Philistines. I mean, they got hemorrhoids, but I think that's just God's sense of humor. And in fact, when they sent the ark back, they made golden models of their hemorrhoids and put them in a box with their... But that's God's sense of humor. He doesn't zap any of them. And, of course, Abinadab has got the thing in his house for I don't know how long, and everything is fine. So this zapping when you're touching the ark is a selective thing, and what it's doing is sending a message in both cases. So it is not the case that random Philistines who were handling this thing got clobbered. It was only people who knew what they were supposed to be doing and we're doing it wrong. There's a message there. The message is, you are responsible for what you know or for what you should know. I say that very carefully. James is a lawyer, and I'm sure he understood exactly what I meant. For those of you who don't, it's called due diligence. You know something, you're responsible for it. If you have the ability to find something out, you are also responsible. And by the way, Yeshua says the same thing. Luke 12, 47 and 48. This is Yeshua speaking. And that servant who knew his master's will, but did not get ready or act according to his will, will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much is given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. That's Yeshua's way of saying what I just said. You are responsible for what you know or what you should know. 
So what we've got in the case of the Philistines is total ignorance. they got no idea. All they know is they have captured this golden box in a war. Spoils of war. We have got the symbols of the Israelite God. We're going to move it into our temple and everything will be cool, which is the way things were done back then. And of course, as I say, God has a sense of humor and he knocks their God over on his face and breaks it and gives them hemorrhoids and a bunch of other stuff. But he doesn't zap them because they are ignorant. They don't know any better. When it comes now to David, who's moving the ark, God is very clear how the ark is supposed to be moved. It's supposed to be carried on the shoulders of Levites with the poles. It's not supposed to be carried on a new cart. That's how the Philistines moved it. They put it on a new cart, remember? And they hooked some cows up to it and sent it off. So the idea of carrying the ark around on a cart is specifically against God's instructions. God says, this is how you do it. Levites, poles, on their shoulders, and that's how you carry it. So what God does is just reaches out and sends David a message and zaps one of his men. The ark goes back to where it was. Next time we try it, you'll notice it says it was on the shoulders of the Levites. And everything goes fine. It goes into the city and it gets put into the tent and everything is just fine when David does it the right way. And the point is David should have known how to do it. I don't know that David actually knew it, but he should have known it because he knows God. And so if he's going to move one of God's artifacts, he owes it to do some research. Find out how we're supposed to handle this thing and then do it that way. David either neglected to do his research or like Nadab and Abihu thought, oh, wow, this is so cool. God will surely love that I'm trying to honor him. Zap. Now, what does that mean to us? It means a great deal. God tells us what we need to know, or what God thinks we need to know. And since he's God, I'm assuming he's right. And he told us that in a book. And you all have a copy of that book. Your friends in the Sunday church all have a copy of that book. Your Jewish friends have a copy of the first two-thirds of that book, which is sufficient, by the way. So he tells us in that book about himself. He tells us who he is, what his character is, etc. He tells us how creation works. He tells us, Eat this, don't eat this, do that, don't do that, etc. Because this is how my creation works and things will go well with you if you do it that way. And finally he tells us how to behave with one another. That's the book. We all have a copy. So we're all responsible for it. Now, there's two kinds of people in the world. Those who divide the world into two kinds and those who... No, sorry. There are people who are intuitive, and there are people who are detailed. I'm an intuitive guy. My dear wife is a detailed person. So my dear wife understands things by going through all of the details and building up a big picture. 
I understand things by seeing a big picture and then, as needed, go into the details. Completely different personality types. That's just the way we're wired. God tells us, in both cases, what we need to know. So, for example, big picture, Micah 6.8. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Big picture. Faith not works. Big picture. Those are big picture things. But the details are important because the details have the definition of the terms. So when it says here, do justice, love kindness, walk humble. Wait a minute, what's justice? Oh, that's back there in the details where he explains to you what justice is. How about love kindness? Well, oh, okay, that's back in the details. Explains what it means to show kindness to your neighbor. So you've got a big picture statement, and then you've got all of these details. And by the way, most of the details are in the Torah. What's happened to the body of Messiah, both us and our Sunday brethren, is we have got the big picture welded into our head, and we have lost track of a lot of the details. And what today's stories with Nadab and Abihu and Uzzah tell us is, wait a minute, folks, the details are important. The details are, in fact, vital. Now, one of the things that God seems to do, he's God and I'm not, I'm just reading his book and inferring things, right? Is when he gives us a rule what will happen next is somebody will violate that rule and get zapped. So you have, for example, when he gives Shabbat. All right, guys, this is Shabbat. I don't want you to do any work. So the next vignette is you got some guy out there gathering sticks on Shabbat. That guy gets stoned. There isn't any record, as far as I know, anywhere else in Scripture of anybody being stoned for violating Shabbat. It's God saying, this is serious. Now, if you went and stoned everybody that violated Shabbat, we'd all be in big trouble. But the point is, he is telling you how important it is. And that's what he's doing with these two incidents where you have people who, with a good heart, violate the details. He's not saying these people are sinning with a high hand. He's not saying these people are in rebellion. They, in fact, all love God. They are all trying to do something that they think will honor God. They are all trying to worship God in their own way. And that's the problem. Because God says, this is how I want to be related to. So when you're out there rolling your own, what winds up happening is... God is not pleased with the worship. That's what these stories are telling us. And the modern church, all of us, Sunday and Saturday and both flavors of Saturday, have got the big picture right. God loves us. We love God. Salvation is by the grace of God, not by works. Big picture things, those are absolutely true. We've all got that right. We've all got the big picture.
but we have all lost track of the details. And so what's happened is we each take these words of not law but works, grace, not works, etc., and we all sort of roll our own definition of what that means because we've lost the details. And what God does in his Torah is he explains those details and what those things mean. As I'm fond of saying, there's more grace in the Torah than there is in the entire New Testament. It's a book full of grace. Grace is not a New Testament concept. And what he does is he demonstrates his grace over and over to us, and then he gives us all these details. So what's happened is the details have been invalidated. So there's branches of the church that say the law doesn't apply anymore. That's Old Testament stuff. This is where in the New Testament. It doesn't apply to you. Don't even bother to read it. It doesn't apply to you. So it's invalidated. Some branches ignore it. Well, it's not a salvation issue. God's not going to send you to hell for eating bacon. Not a salvation issue, therefore it's not important. And then finally it's impugned, which means, ah, why does it matter? In fact, Jody has got a friend that she's talked about that she finally gets her into a corner about some aspect of the Torah, and the answer is finally, ah, why does it matter? It matters a great deal. And the fact that God doesn't zap every one of us for picking up sticks on Sabbath or something else is a manifestation of his great grace and his mercy and also an opportunity for us to repent and to learn and to change and to understand the details and start to order our lives in accordance with the details while still keeping track of the big picture. Now... There are people who get so immersed in the details that they've lost track of the big picture. That's what the arguments are between the Pharisees and Yeshua in the gospel. These guys are butt up and head down studying this stuff, very, very immersed in all the details, and they've lost track of the big picture. So what Yeshua does is comes and he's trying to jerk them back to the big picture. Today... We've got the big picture right, but we've lost the details. And hence, what we're doing is not pleasing because we are messing up the details while saying, Oh, God knows my heart. Well, yeah, he does. He also knew Nadab and Abihu's heart. He also knew David's heart. I mean, he says over and over, David's a man after my own heart. Yet when David tries to bring the ark into Jerusalem, doing it not in a way that God finds pleasing, God sends him a message by zapping one of his people. That's what's going on there. And what God is saying, the details are important, the big picture is important, and if you lose track of either one, you go off the rails. And where they were back in Yeshua's time is they lost track of the big picture. Where we are today is we've lost track of the details. We need them both. Mm-hmm.